This is the Langpreneur podcast where each week we interview experts in the language learning industry who will show you how to turn your passion for languages into a profitable online business so that you can create an independent career doing something you love. I'm your host, Jan van der Aan. Hey everybody, it's Jan here and you are listening to the Langpreneur podcast. This is episode number 60. Welcome back to the show. Are you a full-time Langpreneur? Are you doing this full-time? Or maybe you do have a full-time job, which you either love or not love, and you're doing this on the side, right? Well, I know that some people just you know, want to quit their job and they want to start to build their own language business. But some people love their job and uh, are just you know, building an audience, you know, blogging, YouTubing, creating content, on the side, just as a side, as a side project and uh, as a hobby. Well, the same goes for Lindy Botus, and uh, she's my guest on today's show. Um, Lindy is originally from South Africa, but she's um, she works she's working in Singapore at the moment as a designer. She loves design, and um, she loves her job too much to uh, to quit a job and, start and 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 do this langpreneur thing full time. Um, she built a YouTube channel. Uh, it's a pretty big channel over the years, like over 200,000 subscribers. And she doesn't talk about learning just one language, but actually just about language learning in general. She speaks over 12 languages and yeah, her YouTube channel is really a way for her to connect to other like-minded languages, language learners, I should say. And uh, a creative outlet, basically, which also have the, has the potential to eventually... Um, become a business of course but yeah in today's episode we're going to talk about how to become a better language youtuber because lindy has been doing this for a while you're going to learn about lindy's story how she got started some of the struggles that she faced um building her community um you know why you should consider to take a public speaking course that's what lindy did and it also helped her to uh, to become better on camera what kind of videos should we post how to use google analytics dealing with trolls, all those kind of things. That will, That's what you're going to learn in this episode. So if you're ready, then let's get started. Here is my interview with Lindy. Hey, Lindy, welcome to the Langpreneur podcast. Tell us a little bit about yourself and what it is you do. Hi, thank you so much for having me. My name is Lindy Bottis. I am a UI UX designer from South Africa, currently based in Singapore. And when I'm not um, working in design, I am making YouTube videos about language learning. I am learning languages uh, and then just blogging and kind of hanging out in the online language learning space. Tell us a little bit about how you got started, like because YouTube, was that the first thing you did, that you did? And like bring us back to those days when you got started. What was the motivation and uh, the aim at the time? Well, um, I watched a few polyglot YouTubers back when I think I was in my last year of high school. And um, I thought it was a really nice way to keep track of the languages you're learning and track your progress. So my original aim was just to kind of capture in time what my level in certain languages were and um, moreover interact with fellow language YouTubers. So I, I never actually had the intention of starting a channel or growing a channel i never entered it with that mindset it was more of like oh this is what people who like languages do let me kind of join in and see if i can make friends um, yeah. that was the original aim yeah and how was it to be in front of the camera for the first time like has that always been easier for you or is it something that you had yeah. to practice 
So I think that fluctuates depending on what mental space I'm in regarding my channel. So when I started it, I had no intention of doing it professionally. So I recorded it on my webcam and um, I grew up making funny videos with my brothers and I've always been comfortable with, you know, acting and uh, being in front of a camera in a safe environment, like with family or friends. Um, as my channel grew, I started realizing that there are actually people who are watching me. And that changed a lot. And I'm actually an introvert. Um, many people don't don't know that about me. I'm, I'm, I used to be very, very shy, um, timid. Uh, so the more my channel grew and the more people started commenting and the comments moved from just nice language things to actually being very maybe critical or harsh or just, you know, trolls, the more your channel grows and you interact with those people, the more you realize like, oh, um, okay, so people have opinions and maybe do I, do I need to care about this? And I think as a, as a young teenager, that, that really gets to you. Um, so I had to um, just grow and step outside of that and just realize why I'm doing what I'm doing. And then it became a lot more easier. Yeah. And also because I'm talking to a camera, I'm not talking to a live audience, um, it's actually been quite comfortable. Yeah. So how do you deal with those challenges? How do you deal with the trolls and, and you know, the criticism? Because I know, you know, I've, I talked to other people who, who are thinking about getting started on YouTube, but they, you know, they're always saying like, yeah, but you know, what if you get all those hates comments, what do you do? Do you just ignore them? Do you react to them? Do you, how do you, how do you deal with that? And how do you overcome that fear and just keep going? Everybody has a different approach, which works for them. Some people, um, I know, like to engage in debates, whether that um, could result in a fight or just a nice critical discussion. Um, I am more on the side of you have your own opinion. I'm doing my own thing. If it's not regarding languages, if it's not something that can result in a constructive debate, then I'm not participating in that. It's just I, I've realized as I've gotten older and grown with my channel that there really isn't time to interact with the trolls. Um, but as I said, when I was younger, when I was a teenager, this really got to me. And um, it, you are impressionable. You you read what someone says and you you kind of internalize that and think, oh, is, is this true about me? Um, and what worked for me might not work for other people is I just, I just spoke to people close to me about it and said, hey, like, this is really affecting me. This person... Um, said something that is, um, you know, maybe hinging on abuse or, or, you know, this is just not acceptable. What do I do? Um, in some cases, if it is really serious, you just have to, you have to report it and take action. In other cases, if it's just someone being a troll, um, I just learned to say, well, that's their opinion. It honestly has nothing to do with me and nothing has, has nothing to do with languages. Um, so I just tried to reframe, like, what is my goal with this channel? It is to talk about languages and share about that. And if someone is commenting like, oh, you look like a boy or are you autistic? What does that have to do with language learning? Right. <laughs> so delete, ignore and just leave it. <laughs> but it took a while to get to that point. Yeah. So when do you get started with the channel? Um, I think it was my last year, my second last year of high school. Um and I uploaded one video and I think I didn't upload other videos for another year or year and a half. And I really didn't take it seriously until one of my videos went viral and my channel grew rapidly. And I was like, oh my goodness, this is a thing. I should probably start uploading. Yeah. So, so when did, how many years ago did you start with a channel and when was it that that first video went viral? 
Uh, I can't remember the exact date, the year that I started mm. my channel because I wasn't regular, but I think around 2011 or 2012. Oh, that's quite a while uh, ago. Yeah, but I, I was not uploading regularly at all. And then when the video went viral, it was around 2017. Oh, okay. 2016, 17, around there, yeah. So what was the difference between that video that went viral and all the other videos that didn't do so much? Um. Well my videos were all about language learning and the one video that went viral was um, a video of me in in the hospital waking up from anesthesia and just speaking korean um that had happened before and my mom uh recorded me on her phone so that i could like repeat back to her what i was saying because she, uh, she couldn't understand me and it was just i don't know why but the language was like at the forefront of my mind that my subconscious or unconscious state was speaking korean until i you know woke up from the anesthesia <laughs> So the second time I went in for for an operation, um, a friend came with me and that time she recorded me and I posted the video. I think I had about 2000 or 3000 subscribers back then. And I posted it for the point of a discussion like, hey, like, why does this happen linguistically? I am not a native Korean speaker, um, nor am I, you know, faking it because it's totally an, you know, unconscious state. Uh, you know, you're super dopey. You, you can't control that. Um, and it was more of like, a, hey, like, let's talk about this in our small language community, what's going on here. And I think some like Korean people on the internet saw it and it went all over the news. And I think it's at like five or six million views right now, which is oh, um, really? uncomfortable knowing that my like dopey hospital face is all over the Korean internet, but yeah. such is life. So did you find out in the end why it was being Korean in that video? N no, I, I can't know because it's it's. How do you explain the actions you do when you're under anesthesia? So, uh, yeah, who knows? And the comments are full of um, Korean people just like laughing at this or saying, oh, it's fake or, wow, how does that happen? Or, oh, she must have been Korean in her past life. Like it was not a linguistic discussion at all. Yeah. So that's where you saw like the first signals of, of traction on your YouTube yes. channel. And that's what motivated you to continue creating videos on YouTube? Yeah, at that time, my audience grew um, very big in the Korean space. So obviously, everyone who subscribed was thinking they would get more of the same like funny Korean content. And for a while, I was quite in conflict about what kind of content should I make, because these new subscribers are not interested in languages. Um, I do speak Korean. So how can I bridge that? So I started talking about language learning in Korean, and I started making a lot more videos about learning Korean. And eventually um, that kind of just evened out. And right now I'm just focusing on language content. Yeah. So how do you grow the channel? I mean, was it just a matter of uploading videos every week or like, was there a strategy or were you just doing the things that you liked that, that you wanted to share? Yeah, pretty much just the things I liked back back then when I was uh, starting to upload regularly, I had no strategy. I didn't even know when you should post. I didn't know how long my videos should be. I just did whatever I wanted to do. Um, I studied information design at university, so I had a little bit of experience in like video editing and animation. So I kind of approached my videos as creative projects as well. Uh, how can I create um, like an aesthetically pleasing video as well? So it was more of a fun project for me. And I think what helped my channel grow is interacting with a community, seeing who comments on my videos, replying to their comments, and really just forming friendships and bonds with those people who have mutual interests. It's not about me putting out content and waiting for views and likes. It's really about um, creating this community of like-minded people 
and interacting with them. Like, can you imagine if, if there's a YouTuber you like and you're always commenting on their videos and they never take notice of you, you're gonna like drop off. You're not gonna be interested in watching it anymore because there's not that personal connection. Yeah. Uh, that being said, there is a is a boundary. You you cannot you know reply to every single person. You cannot just become best friends with everyone who comments on your video. So that's a, a quite a gray space that you need to learn to to work with. Yeah. How how have your design skills helped you grow the channel or create videos? Mm, as I said, I learned how to do video editing in in university. So definitely the basic video editing skills. I'm I'm lucky enough to have learned that in school that I didn't have to take courses mm -hmm. um, to do that for YouTube. I I was also particularly interested in in branding, typography, and color. So um, creating my own video thumbnails and such. But I don't think it played a big role apart from those two basic areas yeah so what do you think did did take a big role was that the engagement and just being free frequent and I, being I passionate so. about the topic yes yes eventually once you learn to use youtube analytics or as youtube analytics developed as a product over the years um you can start to understand that and realize what kind of content are people interested in and create more of that um, what do people not watch as long as you expected them to watch? Maybe do less of that. So uh, really just engaging with YouTube analytics um, helps a lot. But um, that only came much later when mm. once they started developing the product more. Yeah. How big is the channel today? Um, I haven't checked recently, but I think it's around 232,000 subscribers. Really? So how has growth been for you? Has it been like a linear process, exponential or with, with peaks? Uh, with peaks, yes, I would say quite linear. If you look at it over the scale of like a year or two years, um, quite steady. Uh, recently, not so sharp growth, but no decline. And I think that's just you know the YouTube algorithm, or there's a lot of other language YouTubers who are coming into the space, um, creating new engaging videos. So um, it does fluctuate for sure. Um, but luckily, no no big dips. <laughs> mm. So how do you decide on which topic to create videos? Like, do you have like a list with, you know, uh, with, yeah. with video ideas or how, how do you do that? And how do you select the ideas? I do have a list. Sometimes something will just pop in my head, like a random idea. I'm like, oh, that would be cool to make a video about. Then I put it on my list. Other times I just straight up ask people like on Twitter or Instagram, like, hey, what do you guys want to see? And I'll take that into consideration. Many times it is just showing my own progress. So while I'm learning a language like, oh, this is how I'm, I do my homework or this is how I study listening. And other times um, I'll do a Q&A and answer maybe people's questions all in one go in one video. Yeah. And generally I know what kind of questions I receive often on Instagram or my email or my blog. And I, I have this like resource in the back of my mind of, I know that so many people are interested in knowing like, how do you choose a language to learn or should you learn Korean or Japanese? So these like general topics I always have um, to pull into and be like, well, I have free time today. What, what video can I film? Oh, okay. I know that many people have asked for this. Let me try that. Yeah. Well, as you say, you have quite a big channel these days, um, like over 220,000 subscribers. Have you ever thought about going full time or do you love design? Do you love your current job too much for that? I do love my current job a lot. I'm, I'm really passionate about the tech space I'm working in, but I have definitely thought about taking um, content creation and YouTube full time. 
Uh, at the moment, that is not possible because I need a job. I need to be employed in Singapore to be able to live here with mm. the type of visa that I have. If I were to go full time with content creation, I would need to move back to South Africa. And you would need to consider all the things there, such as the cost and speed of Internet, which is not great. The postal service doesn't really work. So if people are sending me products to review, they might never get to me. They might be stolen. Um, there's all of those really things that you just have to consider that does not make it easy to be a full-time content creator in a country like South Africa, unfortunately. So unless I have permanent residency somewhere or you know, I get married to someone and move to another country, unfortunately, that is not on the cards for me right now. Um, but luckily, I'm trying to find ways to balance both my full-time job in YouTube, and I'm quite happy where I am right now. What do you like the most about building and growing, maintaining the channel? And what are some of the things that you dislike? Um, it sounds very cliche, but I enjoy the community. It's so nice to see how we've grown from a very small number of language YouTubers, maybe five or eight years ago, to a ton of people who are genuinely interested in learning languages. And that's that's always exciting to see uh, new people, you know, share their tips and their progress. Uh, what I don't like is perhaps the pressure. Uh, people expect a lot from you and they somewhat put you on a pedestal. And the number of subscribers I have has nothing to do with the type of person I am. And I think people interpret that as, oh, because Lindy is um, a big YouTuber, surely she must have some kind of authority on the best method to learn a language or the best textbook. And honestly, I'm also just a person exploring this journey for myself. I don't you know, have all the right answers. I appreciate that people look at me in that way, but it's, it is a lot of pressure and you need to learn how to navigate that space and um, be humble and just do what you can and not, um, not let that get to you feeling like, oh, well, people admire me. Let me, let me abuse this. Let me sell them stuff that they don't need. You know, um, that's quite a, a space that um, kind of falls into ethics as well, yeah. um, which can be tricky. Do you get recognized on the street of Singapore, for example, or not Not yet? Yes, a lot. Um, really? At least once every two months. <laughs> really? Yeah, well, Singapore is a small country. Um, I've been recognized in Korea, Taiwan, uh, South Africa, and Singapore before, uh, which is bizarre because I don't necessarily realize that people from across the world are, are watching my videos and i'll be like on holiday just running to the convenience store for a snack and someone will be like oh my gosh are you lindy and i'm like in my pajamas <laughs> uh yeah it's it's always a surprise it really is i never get used to it yeah so what are what are some of the next steps where do you i mean what's the vision for the channel you just keep you just continue doing what you love doing which is creating videos make all these connections and learn the languages or are there any other challenges? I'd like to grow my blog a bit more, maybe work more on writing, um, move a little bit away from just video as a format, uh, maybe work on eBooks or podcasts. That's a space I'm really interested in. Uh, for now, the plan is just to see how I can manage my time. I don't yeah. want this to become um, too big for me to handle because my job is my priority and my passion. Yeah. Um, so what's next for me is just maintaining this and making sure that, I mean, I also have time to study languages as well. So I guess maintenance and yeah. um, steady growth. 
do you do you do everything yourself from recording the videos to editing replying yes. to the comments of course instagram yeah everything i don't have um anyone who helps me uh the only person who's ever helped me is my older brother who has very genuine generously um edited my video description so where you, you know where you put like links or like social media links that kind of a description at the bottom of your video hmm. and when i update that he's kind of the one who just copy pastes it across all the videos apart from that no i i script film edit um upload everything myself how much time does it take you to well how much time do you do you spend on on, on youtube or youtube and instagram on the, on the project let's put it that yeah. way like per week yeah. Um, if I'm working on my website, which I also built myself, that, that can take hours and hours because I go down a rabbit hole. Because I am a web designer, I'm very, very detail-driven and um, spend an unnecessary amount of time on my website. If it is YouTube, I say usually I film on Saturdays or Sundays, so that would be maybe an hour or two of filming. Editing I'll do in the evenings in the week, so maybe 45 minutes to an hour at a time. Um, subtitling takes about half an hour, depending on the length of the video. Uh, and then I spend way too much time on the thumbnail, uh, again, because <laughs> I'm a perfectionist designer. So uh, a few hours a week. Yeah. Do you have like some some tips or advice for people who want to get started on YouTube you know, and want to build a channel related to language learning? Mm. I think um, many people who have asked me about this approach it from the perspective of I'm, I'm really scared and I don't know where to begin and um, like what, what do I need to get started and honestly I just started by your first piece of content is always going to be not great as long as you are just putting it out there and taking that first step. Um, don't be afraid and don't plan too much. Don't don't worry about having cinematic quality or the best content, just start putting it out there and be genuine. If you try and um, be like someone else, that is not authentically you, it's going to become tiring. So people are going to subscribe for the type of person that you are and the unique perspective you bring to, um, to the field. Um, mm -hmm. So always stay true to yourself and don't worry about quality in the beginning, focus more on consistency, regularly updating whether that's once a week once a month as long as you don't like disappear then people are going to be naturally drawn to you and will want to befriend you and follow your content yeah why do you i mean we always talk about being authentic right on youtube like you need to create videos on a topic that you're passionate about but also something you know sure the real the real you be authentic be different what do you think makes your channel so different from all the other channels because there is a lot of language a lot of youtube channels about language learning right yeah well i think content wise we're all pretty similar i don't know what 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 people generally subscribe for uh, on my channel versus someone else's channel. Um, but everyone has a different set of languages they learn. I focus yeah. more on Korean, Japanese, Mandarin, Chinese, you know, Vietnamese and Hungarian. Uh, whereas other channels might be more romance languages or strictly focused on Chinese. Yeah. So I think people subscribe for that type of content. Maybe also a personality type. I like to bring a lot of humor into my videos. Um, I have a lot of stories about living overseas. I'm not ashamed to make fun of myself and embarrass myself, include bloopers. Um, surely there are other channels who do that, but I think perhaps it's just a combination of your personality type, your charisma, how you talk to um, your viewers, as well as your content. So my first videos were very, very mo monotonous, 
terrible quality. I did not know how to, you know, broadcast my voice. I was very shy. And only after I took a course in public speaking did I realize slow down when you talk, enunciate, um, smile, come across more positive, and that that helps as well. Yeah. Was that an online course? And would you recommend taking a course to um, all content was- creators? No, it was with speech masters. Um, mm. At my first job, everybody who joined the company had to learn uh, through speech masters because we were always presenting to clients. So I'm grateful for that opportunity. But there's there's a ton of courses online as well. If if you feel that you're maybe shy or don't think you come across very confidently, then a public speaking crash course can be really helpful. Yeah. So what other things that you learn did you learn from that course other than those the things that you just mentioned? Um, also just thinking on your feet, some of the challenges they gave us was giving us a topic. Um, it could be anything, let's say it's like, um, airplanes and you could know nothing about that. And they would give you one minute and you had to prepare a presentation, or let's say they gave you five minutes and you had to prepare a two minute presentation. You have to be on your feet and think, and obviously YouTube is very different. You can plan, you can edit your videos, you can do whatever you want. Um, but that helps develop a type of a creative um, thinking yeah. skill, as well as some storytelling techniques. Something I see with a lot of new YouTubers is they just ramble and talk forever. And what they have to say is interesting, but people don't have long attention spans. Um, so learning how to tell a story in a succinct and creative manner is a good skill to learn as well. So how do you do that? How do you tell a story in a creative way? It, it takes practice. I don't even know if I'm doing it right. <laughs> but if I, if I compare it to the videos that I've, that my very first few videos, um, I used to make very long intros. I used to say, hey guys, oh, I'm so sorry for uploading this late. Hope you guys are doing well. So today I'd like to talk about this and you know why I want to talk about it is because of that. And that's just a waste of time. Like no one cares about that. So I try and just get right to the point, keep my intro short. Like, hey everybody, today's video is going to be about how I take notes. Let's dive straight into it. Here's the first page of my notebook. Maybe that's not your style, um, but I'm definitely not the vlogging type, the, you know, hashtag story time. That's not really my thing yeah. um, for other types of YouTube channels that might work. Do you script all your videos or bullet points or just do it off the top of your head? How do you do it? How do you at the prepare most, a video? At the most, it would be bullet points. Uh, generally, I just talk on the spot. I let myself ramble a bit and then I will cut and edit the video. If it is a complex topic or if it's a sponsored video that needs um, specific points mentioned, uh, then bullet points. But never have I done a fully scripted video. I do not know how to memorize scripts. When I give um, presentations or talks at conferences, I don't even memorize a, a script as well. I just try and keep it um, natural and flowing. So it's really about having a clear vision on what message that you want to bring across in that video or a talk. And then maybe, you know, have a few bullet points that support that support that. For sure. The more, you know, your content and it helps to be interested in it, obviously, the more you're able to say about it. I mean, if a friend were to take me to a coffee shop and say, tell me about languages, I could talk for hours. If they were, uh, going to ask me, um, tell me about your car. Ooh, I don't know. I, I cannot talk about that. So because I am so deeply fascinated by languages, there is a lot that I can say. Um, so I'm not nervous about talking. Um, and it helps to know your topic and then you can 
you know, pick and choose from a wide variety of subtopics regarding that. Yeah. Uh, if I think people generally tend to script something when they don't necessarily know what they want to talk about. Mm. Um, I do have friends though, who script all of their videos. And I think that's because they include very detailed information. And that helps if you're afraid you're going to forget some statistics or some facts, by all means, do script your videos. Uh, I just don't have the time to memorize a script. Yeah. So any other things that we can do to make our videos more engaging? So you say it's important to well have a clear message, right? Go straight to the point, smile, I don't know, light. Um, what else can we do to engage with our audience? And something sure I learned. Something I learned very late is um, the use of B rolls. I used to always just make long videos of just me, my face talking. And that gets really boring, regardless of how interesting I think my content would be. No one really cares. It helps to have supporting visuals. If you're talking about, um, hey, I, I was practicing Chinese at the supermarket. Why don't you put in a B-roll uh, section of the supermarket or show what your textbooks look like while you're talking over that? just having things that keep people's attention instead of one long monotonous piece um, can help keep people watching. Yeah. What's the ideal length of a YouTube video? Is there an ideal length or how do you go about it? No, there is no ideal length. YouTube itself pushes for very long videos, obviously because they want to put more ads in it, more monetization, everybody wins. Uh, it just depends on you, how much you want to talk about and how much your audience um, wants to see from you. So that's that's a question I cannot answer because it's um, it's so different for each person. Yeah. What do you think is the number one reason why people cannot build a large YouTube channel? Like, do you do you see people around you who are trying to achieve something similar that are not really breaking through? Not really. Um I, I can't say there's a number one reason that your channel is not growing, but I do know a key factor in many cases is not having a clear niche or a vision. People like to know what they're subscribing to. If you start your videos and say, hi, my name is so-and-so and I make videos about cooking and baking, then you know, okay, this is what I'm subscribing to. If you're just like um, rambling on in all of your videos of different topics, yes, that's interesting, but people are going to lose interest if one of the videos are not related to what they originally subscribed to. So having a clear um, communicating to your audience what your videos are about, whether that is your channel banner or your intro or just consistent content in one area, that helps yeah. you grow. Yeah, I think especially for, you know, for many of the polygots or people who talk about languages, that can be a challenge, right? Because we are passionate about all kinds of languages. So how do, we, how do we have a niche, choose a niche without you know, while still being interested, if we talk, what we talk about is still, you know, cover all the languages that we want to learn. How do you do that? Is it, is it a specific style, like a special, special sauce I, that you put on top? I wish you had the answer for me because that's something I ask myself a lot. And that's something I'm struggling with too. I'm, I'm broadly interested in many things, design, languages, travel, culture, art, and how do I bring that all together? So that's still something that I'm working through. Um, but I like to remind myself that there are people who are interested in me as a person. And um, if I can say or put something out that somebody appreciates or feels inspired by or feels motivated to do their own version of, then I've done my job. Um, I just try and keep it, it. Originally, I mean, my YouTube channel was for me to track my progress. 
and enjoy what I'm doing, enjoy the process of making videos. I don't want to be forced into a direction just because that's what people are asking for. Um, so that's still something I'm working through and trying to, to learn as well. So I don't have the answer to that. Yeah. How important is Instagram or how do you use Instagram? You just use it for fun, for more engagement or how do you use it? Mostly to talk to people. I will often do Instagram lives and Q and A's and that's a faster way of answering someone's question instead of filming up, uh, you know, editing and uploading a video. It's a lot more instant. And I think people feel a more personal connection to you on Instagram as well when you can direct message them. I also just keep it as like a visual log of my language learning study. So I'll upload my notes before a test or I will kind of show what kind of language bookshop I was in. And that's just a visual timeline as well for myself. I'm naturally a sentimental person. So that's mm. mostly what I use it for. Okay. So what can we expect from, from Lindy in the next, in the next five years? You just, Gonna continue, to, <laughs> gonna continue the project as a as a side as a side hustle or I don't even know where I'm gonna be living in five years, so that's a really big question. Um, but I'm definitely not going to stop. And as I mentioned earlier, I'd like to write some some ebooks and work more on on blogging and seeing. I'm I'm quite interested in seeing how I can um, combine languages and design. So that's really been coming to the fore at um, Polyglot Conference, where, where my talk was about um, the use of um, language and scripts in UI UX design and how that um, affects interface design. And I'm, I'm quite interested in writing Medium articles about the, the crossover between languages and design. So that might be a space that I will move into more. Um, there's a lot more people asking me about my job as a designer. And I realize that there are people in my audience who are interested in that as well. So just finding ways to tie those two together is um, an exciting project that I'd like to, to work on. So what language, what script is the best looking in your opinion? The best looking script? Like just from aesthetic purposes? <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness, that is so hard to answer. I mean, um, Georgian is really beautiful and anything similar like Thai um, is really, really stunning to look at. Um, but that, that is so, um, that's a very broad question. If we want to learn more about you and your work, then where can we go? Every piece of information will be on my website at lindybuetes.com. That's L-I-N-D-I-E-B-O-T-E-S.com. Otherwise, just Lindy Buetes on YouTube or Instagram at Lindy Buetes as well. We are going to check it out. Lindy, thank you for this interview. Thank you so much for hanging out with me. Appreciate it. Are you at a point where you feel you need some expert help? then make sure to check out our Langpreneur coaching programs at langpreneur.com forward slash coaching. For now, thanks for listening and see you in the next episode.